can't think of any more human activity than conducting science experiments. The game I play is a very interesting one. It's imagination in a tight straitjacket. The beauty of a living thing is not the atoms that go into it, but the way those atoms are put together. What I always think should be the basis of education is not answers, but questions. We should teach kids how to question. Got my own personal fly. It's a it's an interesting thing to say. Uh, uniquely Australian. You know what else is also uniquely Australian? Vegemite. Yeah, I never got. But actually, no. I tried Vegemite. I remember the first time when I was a kid. It was like year four. They didn't have like halal sausages, so they were so Vegemite is halal, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. instead, they gave us like bread with Vegemite and I remember thinking I'm like what in the actual fuck so you don't like it dude I remember thinking I'm like this country's like it's got so many cool things about it but our Australian people like are their tongues like broken why <laughs> why would they eat this like voluntarily I'm forced to eat it because there weren't any like halal sausages but what the hell is wrong with people that this is what they enjoy eating yeah I don't know I, I love it Maybe you had too much. Yeah, I've heard that before, man. If you have like hot buttered toast, I like it on toast. I don't really like it on sandwiches, to be honest, but have really like, you know, hot buttered toast, heaps of butter, just like kind of just a few s smears mm. of Vegemite. Delicious. Mmm, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, dude, I went archery yesterday. So for the folks who are following this, so I finally... Uh, signed up to this club at Homebush, the Sydney Olympic Park Archery Club. Uh, I bought myself a bow and uh, 12 arrows. And I spent like three hours yesterday. I think I shot over like 250 arrows. And like two hours the day before that, I shot yeah. like over 120 arrows. My hands just jacked. Like you have to hold a bow like this, right? And you'd expect this, to, this hand to hurt the fingers, but I have a finger tab. So I actually developed a blister because... I think I have OCD, dude. I realized that like yesterday because it started raining and I was like, oh man, I got to get like, I got to get close to the bullseye. I got to get close to the, and I remember like after the three hours, I'm like, yep. I think today I just realized I have OCD. I love repetitive tasks and seeing improvement by yeah, through repetition. I think that's the clinical definition of OCD, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Dude, it's, yeah. You're obsessive. I'm so obsessive. I can be. With things that I enjoy, I just like, I fall in love with it. Once you enjoy it, you go hard. I'm like that with food. Like, <laughs> if I, uh, I like, you know, it'll come to summer and I'll start like cooking smoothies or something, and I'll just like, I'll make like a smoothie every single day for like a week or two, and then just I won't make them for months. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll get into like I don't know, making ice cream or something, and I'll make that like every single day, like right. in our case, for like two weeks, three weeks, and then you'll stop. Yeah, I'll stop. Dude, I, I can't have ice cream in my house. Those, you know, the Peter's ice creams, the four liters. Yeah. Like that will last three days if that. 
if if we have it in the house. Like I, I yeah, I when I love something, if I really enjoy it, whether, whether it's eating, whatever it is, you know, yeah. I really get into it. And like that four liter tub of ice cream, I can finish it. Like I get obsessive, dude. I go for one, like I get one of those fat cups and fill it up with ice yeah. cream. And then I go upstairs and I'm like, man, I could go for some ice cream again. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I get that. That's how I'm going to get Do you get, get like the Neapolitan, which is the three flavors, the yeah. chocolate, strawberry, and yes. vanilla. And everyone always eats all the chocolate and leaves the strawberry and vanilla. Really? Yeah, you don't. You no, don't. I was at, it's actually the opposite. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, because the chocolate's got more of a bitter taste to it. So like that always gets avoided. And I kind of, what, dude always first to go is it really yeah huh mm. well this is probably one of the differences between white and and like arab people yeah we avoid the chocolate you jump right into it we should talk about less about food and maybe a bit more about chemistry we can talk about the chemistry of food following patrice's episode so maybe th- things that smell good or smell are esters <laughs> yeah, yeah. things that get you drunk they have ohs alcohols <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and things that uh, get you like high and and partying those are things that actually mimic your neurochemistry like yeah. dimethyltryptamine you take a bit of that and then you you think you're in the middle of of the universe in a different galaxy talking to aliens yeah. I've heard from, from people on, on the internet, from the grapevine. Yeah, oh, you heard. You have a friend who told you. <laughs> I have a friend of a friend of a friend who watched a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought an interesting thing Patrice brought up is how uh, when he was doing like this simulation that he was doing in the commercial kind of production of polymers, when he was doing that simulation, his job was kind of to reduce the risk of explosion and stuff mm. like that. And I remember it's something that I always heard, like chemists actually have a lot the lowest life expectancy of like all scientists <laughs> um <laughs> yeah being a chemist is a dangerous job like damn those guys get cancer earlier and stuff as well because they're dealing with carcinogens all the time and uh. they can be involved in big accidents which kind of reduces their mean life expectancy and things like this dude yeah i didn't know that you know back in the days being a colonoscopist was probably really dangerous as well Cause you know how they, is this a joke? It feels no, like this is the start of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it involves farts, <laughs> but it's it, it's it's kind of be a joke, kind of. It's funny because it's ridiculous, right? Back in the days, um, when they do when they do colonoscopies nowadays, right? They have like these sophisticated cameras that shine a light and they pump your uh, intestines with like carbon dioxide to inflate it so that they can see and investigate what's happening inside intestines well back in the days they didn't they weren't so sophisticated just like 30 40 years ago they would put a lamp in there right they would get really hot and to inflate the bowels they would pump oxygen in and so now you have a heat source and you have methane in the person's intestines (laughs) and then now you're pumping oxygen in there and so what you would get is like people would go for colonoscopies and instead they would explode and die (laughs) Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. Maybe, like, yeah. It's like chemists, right? All I can think about now is that Seinfeld episode where Kramer buys the colonoscopist car and it has the number plate ass man oh and he's just like riding around and like people are going hey ass man to him and stuff like oh this and he's like God. oh yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Far out. Gonna get into Seinfeld. This is one part of pop culture. 
I mean, I mean, it's hilarious stuff. Um, pop culture in as in like 2017 or pop culture as in 1980s when you were when you were around when what? that was your teenage. When Seinfeld's not that old, 90s or something. 90s, yeah. That's yeah. when you were a teenager, weren't you? Mid 90s. Yeah. yeah, like you were hitting adulthood at that time. Yeah, I was in year seven in 1995-ish, so I think that's right. Oh, uh, okay. So, I was 95 to 2000, I guess, I was kind of in high school. Yeah, I was just barely born when Alex was in yeah. high school. Kind of tells us, like, how different we are, right? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Tells of our age and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. just have to... He's the lucky one because he gets to uh, absorb all my years of experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's why I hang out with Alex. It's not his charming personality. Just using me. It's, we're all using each other <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about with Patrice's yeah, episode? He but, talked about the value of education too. It was wait, his a- answer to Trump. Just before you go on to that, yeah. just about what he was doing in those uh, in the pipelines about s- simulating it. Um, it's actually really cool because we use mathematics to understand the world and the universe. And if we have now, we have computers where you can put complex algorithms or or um, yeah, physicists are doing this with like astronomy and stuff as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, even like particle physics as well, right? Um, they use a lot of simulations. Like one of the things um, this is going to get the like I just want to refer back to that book because. Um, something is lawrence krauss's lawrence yes book. lawrence krauss so something the, um, the greatest story ever told yeah. that's why i'm repeating it so many times because it's the greatest story ever told right um but there are certain things in the universe that we can't measure um just because of let's say our inability due to uh, technological uh, limitations um or even just the universe like the way the universe is set up so this would be uh like the visible universe, for instance, may be an example of something like this, where the universe is expanding, and at the points where it's expanding faster than the speed of light away from us, we can't see that mm. because the light can't travel back fast enough for us to see. Right. So, would that be an example? Yeah, like yeah. that also, but also like um, there are certain things that the universe does, but are unobservable, and they are unobservable um, because to observe them would break certain laws of the universe. It's it's really weird, right? Because they had, like the for example, a packet of photon might be uh, exhibited, but if you measure that packet of, it's so small, oh, it's yeah. so arbitrarily small, and that packet of photon is so important, but we can't measure it because to do so would mean that it's it's large enough that then we'll mess up all the models and would mean that nothing works. But the point I, w- I want to make is because of that we have simulations. So, because of simulations like quantum electrodynamic theory, I think that's how you say it, they can make bold predictions, I think, to like 10 decimal places about what an experiment should, like the results of an experiment should be. And that's because of like simulations. It enables us to see a, it enables us to see things that ordinarily would not be available um, for us to see, to make predictions um, based on mathematical representations. Of it's interesting. A simulation is um, its almost just a computer doing a scientific method in a sense anyway. Like that's what science is. You can create a model of reality and you test the model that you have against actual reality by performing an experiment or running the simulation. And then if it's close, you know that your model's a good one. It reflects what we really see. But what I find really interesting 
is you get people like climate change deniers, and this is harking back to a few episodes ago, who will say, oh, uh, people, people use models to predict climate change. Therefore, these models are just run by a computer. It's not like real science. It's just a computer algorithm, which is like total crap because... All sciences, like we were just talking about, all sciences use computer modeling. Yeah, mm. um, Patrice is using computer modeling to make chemical production safer. Mm. Astrophysicists are using computer modeling to work out mm. like how planets orbit. Like, for instance, Pluto. Since we've known that Pluto exists, it hasn't completed one orbit of the sun. Right? Really? No, it hasn't. It's, it takes so long to orbit the sun, and we only knew about it a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah that we haven't actually, no human has been able to, uh, alive long enough to witness it. And no, and even if human history hasn't seen it enough to witness it, right. kind of do one rotation, yeah? So how do we know that it orbits the sun? Computer models. Man, I got to double but, but you ask a climate change person if they believe that Pluto orbits the sun, they say, yeah, for sure, Pluto orbits the sun. How long does, does it take for Pluto to orbit the sun? Right, they start writing in Chinese. This is incredibly boring podcasting. No, no it isn't, but I got I to got, <laughs> I fact check this because this sounds like hashtag fake news. Yeah, you, we have to ch- fact check two, two numbers. So How many? I don't think this is going to happen. So it. if people want to fact check me, they have to look up two numbers. You have to find out how long it takes Pluto to orbit the sun. That's one thing. Then you have to find out how long ago it was that we discovered Pluto. <laughs> the two things you got to look up okay, one second, to one fact second. check me. One sec. I just want to check. Okay. How long does it take for Pluto to orbit the sun? If this says five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. 248 years. 200. According to Cora, Pluto takes 248 years to orbit the sun. 248 years. Thank you, Siri. When did we discover Pluto? Well, 248, 248 years. 247 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah. So like, that's, that's what I mean. So, I no idea. So that's how we know Pluto orbits the sun is by computer modeling. Uh, but it's funny and, and you get a similar thing with like evolution and stuff like that or how do you know it's real how can you like extrapolate back that far people who deny evolution say these types of things right yeah. how can you extrapolate back that far how do you know that this happened if you weren't there yeah, yeah? Well, how do they how do they know Pluto orbits the sun if, yeah. if no one's seen it in the course of human history you know what's you know? something I, I I love I don't love actually it frustrates me a little bit <laughs> But whenever I hear this, I'm like, God, how could you be so dumb? Yeah, people say like, oh, science, the scientific method is, you know, you use observations and you test hypotheses, blah, blah, blah. He's like, where's your evidence? When did you observe a man come from a from a chimpanzee? Yeah. Like, where's your evidence for that? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Well, where did you observe Pluto orbit the sun? Yeah. But I bet you still fucking believe it, don't you, mate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like the idea of... It, it, in, Simulations are used in every, yeah. every in every way in life. Like exactly. even and police officers. Incredibly, and the thing is, maybe we should touch on this a little bit of epistemology. How do we know a si- simulation is accurate? Right? We test it. It's its ability to make successful predictions. Yeah. So how do we know that Pluto orbits the sun? It's because we can tell next year exactly where it will be in its path in its orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly where it will be to a intense precision, and then yeah. we go and measure that in a year's time, and we see that we were right. You do that over and over and over again, continually making successful predictions about the future. It says you've got a pretty good idea about how reality is working, yeah? Yeah. That's how you know that your model's right. I was also going to say, you know, 
Um, scientists know this as well, right? Scientists know how faulty their mm. models are. They know how far out their models are. They're, they're testing the error in the model as well. Yeah. You know what I love is when people who like, aren't experts in the field and they're like, oh, but have you considered solar rays? <laughs> oh, my God. Someone who spent 30 years researching this, you just made some ground. You should really go write a paper on that and, yeah. and publish that result because no one before you, uh, Mr. or Madam, had ever considered solar rays into the equation. Like, like you, people It's a difficult situation because you don't want to discourage people asking questions, yeah. right? But eventually it gets to a point where just asking questions, man, becomes yeah. like a ridiculous statement to make yeah. after you've asked 30 questions and they've all been proven yeah. to be debunked and kind of silly. Then maybe it's time to think about like going how- and reading some material yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like if you just bring up conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory and your thing is, hey, I just want to find out what the truth is and I'm just kind of asking questions, it's kind of like... Uh, where's that line you know you, yeah. i don't want to discourage people asking questions i think you should be able to ask the yeah. question like how do you know the models work and sure and stuff like that but, but there's there's a different there's a see there's asking questions and there's asking questions to kind of um it's like you're trying to prove yourself right and every time you ask your question and you you get proven wrong you, you just trying to jump look to, for the next question, question, to the yeah, next question right, to the next question to the next yeah so you just and that, that kind of behavior is not yeah, that's, that's not fun. It's frustrating. It's, and you, you kind of go, I think then you have to change the question around a bit and go, well, what's going to convince you yeah. that it's true? Yeah. Rather than just, because you, you can bring up questions just forever, can't you? You can yeah. just keep going forever and ever to the next question. How many times do your questions have to be answered before you accept it to be true? What will it take to convince you that it's true? Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, just going back to the model thing and, and ob- ob- observing evidence. So, you know, when they say, oh, where were you 65 million years ago? How do you know? I think it's very analogous to a crime scene, right? So, if, if you, have you watched that show, 48 Hours? Uh, I'm aware of it, but I haven't watched it, no. So, somebody gets isn't, mur- isn't that the show where they uh, do one hour episode, but it's real time? Or is that 24 hours? I think that's 24. That's the TV show. 24. Bro. I think these guys... Maybe I haven't... No, maybe yeah. I'm not aware of it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys, that it's like an hour episode, but they they follow like police officers who have been called to a, the scene of a crime, okay, yeah. typically a murder, um, some homicide or whatever, and they have to find them within the first 48 hours. And the, the thing is, if you don't... I think if you don't find them within the first 48 hours, the chances of finding the criminal is so... It's so much harder. Yeah. Like it becomes almost exponentially harder. Um, but even then, like when a police officer shows up to the to the scene of the crime, he's looking at evidence that's been left there. He wasn't there observing someone getting killed. And based on that evidence, they build models, ideas of how it could have gone down. And they might even have simulations. So, you know, we see bullet pellets over here stuck on the wall. Or it could have come from this angle. You know, there's a blood yeah, over yeah. here there's bullets over there so they actually they, they would render 3d models to get a complete understanding of what's happening or what had happened in that room um and and how that person died but no one looks at those police officers in the court of law and says hey you weren't there yeah. so how do you know man yeah. like where's your evidence oh this is just computer models this is <laughs> nonsense yeah, yeah, exactly. like but it's the same sort of thing right you don't have to be there 65 million years ago. Well, you can even test, like, this is the other thing that irks me while we're getting this irking, is, um, is 
once you have these models, say, of evolution, something that happened 65 million years ago, you can actually go and test that directly because those models themselves make predictions. Mm. You know, if we're going to say that fossils get laid down in a certain way and the strata is going to be organized in a certain way, that means that you can predict what species you're going to find in what layers and then you can go out and dig for those species. And if you find them, that's a confirmation that yeah. your model was accurate. Yeah. And it's interesting with all the evolution uh, the evidence that comes I mean what would really the thing that would convince me that it wasn't real and it was bullshit is if we look in in like um, in the archaeology I think is that we, I've forgotten the words ladies yeah, and gentlemen the, the strata the, the, yeah the strata yeah so it, what's cool is that the model predicts that these transition phases should be found at this time uh, yeah. in this like yeah in this period of time it's never like this animals evolving let's say that the ancestors of hippos and whales was pretty much the same ancestor that split into two mm. different animals one became more marine and other more terrestrial semi-marine blah yeah. blah blah but um god damn it, i forgot my point bro what was the what was i saying before just before animals oh yeah yeah the, to the timing thing so when they look at those like transition fossils they don't find like an ancestor right and then um like yeah, they're the always elephant in the consecutive order they yeah. never like split up no it's not like randomly the, in it's different layers it's not yeah. like it's not like the whale comes before the ancestor or, um yeah. it's there's like a, a consistent order that is predicted by the model and that's what we see over yeah, and over right. again that's right through observation even, even um even really specific stuff. Now, I'm probably going to get this one wrong. People can correct me if I do, but I think it was Tiktaalik. Have you heard of that fossil? So Tiktaalik was like a walking fish type of thing, like a fish that kind of had legs, and it was that transition phase mm. between fish and kind of like lizards and land animals. So evolutionary theory kind of predicts that this animal should exist. Mm. Scientists knew roughly how far ago it should have how long ago it should have existed if it was right mm. then they know where to dig in the geological strata and they went out and dug for it and they found it hmm. so like <laughs> that's essentially performing an experiment right that's a that's making a prediction about hey if if evolution's right we, this animal type of animal should exist and it should exist at this point in time and if it exists in that point of time we need to dig in this layer in this type of environment they go out and dig there and hey they find it yeah like i don't know that's pretty convincing <laughs> if that doesn't convince you but it, it, yeah it's, it's it's like if if this person is the murderer he should have blood on his left sleeve and like gun like gunshot residue on his left hand right and you go right. and test oh there's gunshot residue oh there's blood you know what i mean nah nah yeah. bro those are models man don't yeah, don't yeah, pay yeah. attention to that exactly. shit hashtag hashtag freedom your prediction <laughs> means nothing here yeah, yeah you're using computer models <laughs> it was written in my book <laughs> hey man yeah <laughs> I, I feel like wasn't there something i was going to talk about uh, dude there's always way back there's always you went on a really long rant but it was good this is what happens, right? When when your age goes up, your memory fails, <laughs> your eyesight fails you, and his elbows are screwing up as well. They, you know, yeah. do you remember the Wizard of Oz, that oh. Tin Man dude? That would make like... <laughs> that's yeah. the type of noise I hear whenever I start working with Alex. Are you saying so. I don't have a heart? Uh, no, you do have a heart. I'm just saying your body's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you're old, Alex. That was right, wasn't it? Tin Man didn't have a heart. Yeah. No, but he always had a heart. 
right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's I know. Thing. And and that Wizard yeah. of Oz, that the goddamn sleazy, didn't they fake all have it? Yeah, he con yeah. artist of of a wizard ended up giving him a watch, uh, convincing him that it's magical and that that's his heart. Whatever, bro. Yeah. On that note, shall we call it? Let's call it. Okay. Yeah, let's let's end this. Thank you for watching. Uh, subscribe, like, share, go on iTunes, give us a review. Let us know how you like it. Thank you for the guys that have given us. Send us questions. Yeah, and tell us how you how much you appreciate. I don't know, Alex. Cause, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Since he's finished his thesis, got nothing to do. You got nothing to do but to receive love, Alex. Mm. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go.